Marvellous. Hello, everyone. How are you all doing? Nice to see you. Please do make yourselves at home. Now then, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say bonjour. Bonjour. Now that we're Brexited, we don't want to leave completely our, you know, communication and our relationships totally behind. So bonjour to you all this morning. Now then, before I get cracking in the next part of our series, I'm going to play a little clip. Well, I'm not going to play a little clip. Simon is going to play a little clip for us. <clears throat> Marvellous. Now then, it's got nothing to do with the talk. But seeming last week, this kettle boiling thing was so amazing. That machine there will give you the perfect latte macchiato in 45 seconds. All right, so who's got the best coffee machine here? No, we leave it there, okay? But, you know, a bit of a flavour, another bit of coffee, you know, a bit of Espanol, Italiano and a French all in one morning. Right, are we all doing good? Right, let's get on with the serious business. <laughs> now then, have you ever been in a situation where your response to a situation is totally unexpected? It's happened, but it's like, how did that happen? I want to take you back to a few years ago. I was in my late 30s, and um, it was in a funeral situation, right? So it was quite an interesting situation because it was a family member of mine, a very aged family member, and my um, great-auntie was in her 90s when she passed away. But um, So we had this funeral in this little place in Cloyne Hendy in Llanelli, and uh, me and my cousin and a couple of my brothers... Were, um, we were the bearers, okay? And this is the situation. So where you can see that picture there, if you can see those pews, we were like facing one another and the coffin was in the middle and then the whole of the congregation then uh, to our right-hand side. So we're looking at it from here. So there's like 80 or 90 people there. And of course, you know, as you can imagine in a funeral and a difficult situation, it's quite somber and quiet. And, you know, there's organ music in the background, which, you know, creates a bit of tension, doesn't it? And of course, I was already a little bit nervous because there's going to be speaking in the funeral. So you can imagine, so I'm sitting there, and my youngest brother's there, my cousin and my, and my uh, other brother's there. So that is all happening. And suddenly, as people were coming in, I recognised this one chap who was like a minister from another church in Llanelli, and he, he just caught me off guard, because when I looked up, he went, Hi! <laughs> and in that situation, is. It's like his mouth, this was like going through my mind, his mouth was like huge. You know, like a humpback whale coming out of the sea, a big mouth, and like nostrils. I got big nostrils, but nostrils like that, like, like a channel tunnel. 
And you know, when you're in a situation, you already feel nervous and on edge, and there's all this atmosphere going on, and this caught me off guard, and then my mind was thrown into a great scene in the Mr. Bean things, where he's singing hallelujah, and that's the only word he knows in the whole hymn, and I've got to picture this minister doing a Mr. Bean impression as I'm about to give a speech in a funeral, and I find myself chuckling and giggling. And I couldn't do anything about it. And as much as I tried and be serious and pinch myself and think of depressing things, the more and more I started to chuckle and I was holding on to to my emotions. And um, as I looked up, I clocked my youngest brother, Alex. Look, he was just as bad as I am. And we both made eye contact. And then he starts laughing and I start laughing. And we're both like tears coming down our face. And my, my pastor, my auntie's there in the coffin. And there's this congregation there. And there's just all these emotions and responses all happening at that time. And I didn't want to be like this. I'm a 39-year-old grown man, you know. It was so childish. (laughs) But this moment, like, haunts me. But, like, the reason I want to talk about this is because we're talking about love, and we're going through a series of love at the moment. And this particular thing I'm talking about today is love is kind, okay? And what I was wondering is this, is if in our life and in our walk, what happens if these emotions, these responses, how we emanate love to one another is like, not like out of control, but we just emanate this love. There's this amazing grace and kindness of God that happens within us. Have you ever like eaten garlic or drunk a strong coffee? And it's like you smell your hand and your skin and it's like the smells are coming out of your body. That's, you know, like it emanates, doesn't it? Has anyone else experienced that? Or am I just weird? It comes out of your pores. I think it is a proper chemical reaction. I think it does actually. I think it's scientific. Maybe there's other different things that you eat and drink which make you smell. But, um, but it emanates through the skin. So that's the kind of the challenge at the outset to meet this morning. Is how do we emanate God's love through our kindness this morning? So that's what we're going to look at, okay? So if we look at the word kindness, in the English it says something like along the lines of it's friendly, we're friendly, we're generous, we're considerate one to another. But with, when you started like, digging through the, the root meaning of the word um, love is kind in this particular verse in Corinthians, like the Greek word is far more detailed than what we would just get from the English word. So the Greek kind of word, it goes something like this, okay? Krasteo omi ahi, all right? And what that actually means in reality and in that Greek there is to be kind. The usage is like, I am kind. I am full of service to others. So when God says, you know, love is kind and the scriptures say love is kind, It's saying that in our kindness, in our service to others, in who I am, that is how I am expressing love. So that's what this Greek word kind of means. And it comes from the origin, krestos, which means to show oneself useful, to act benevolently, to be well-meaning, to be kind. So can you see the much bigger expanse of the word love is kind? So when we think about being kind this morning, it's not be like a nice person and, you know, considering this kind of stuff, but in my service, in my love to God, in my... um, service to one another, in my usefulness, I am deciding to be loving. I'm deciding to be loving. So let's be useful. Let's be pleasant. Let's be full of service to others. Let's be well-meaning. Let's choose to be full of service because by doing that, we are choosing to love. It's a little bit like sometimes I, I chat to some people and They've never heard from their parents an expression, a verbal word of love, or, you know, their parents were like an emotional, huggy kind of person, or expressive with their words. But 
in through the parents' service and through their actions, there's kind of this deposit of love that takes place. And even like a dad maybe who prepares the car, who fills the screen wash up and makes sure the oil is okay and the air is in the tire and there's fuel in the car. Even that, you know, is an expression of love. That's an expression of kindness. And that is something that is, you know, of a practical um, nature and blessing as well. So like last week then, we heard about how we develop patience in our lives, which Sarah did a great uh, talk and teaching on. This week, we can develop kindness. We can become kinder. Now, a quick quiz question for you. What chocolate manufacturer promotes kindness? First hand up. Kinder. Kinder. Rachel Leach on the ball. First one in luck. You got a little price, a little kinder, chocolate bonbon, bit of French again. Right, I think it's French, who knows? Right, anyway. So, I'm going to use now the, the, can you see kinder, see what I've done there? Kinder, kinder, all right? And we're going to do four points this morning, how we can develop kindness in our lives. And I'm going to use the letters K, I, N, and D. See? Now, you'll go home and you remember this, won't you? Yeah? Nod, yes, Adam, we will remember this. Mick's not nodding, he's such a rebel, Mick. I'll tell you what. I'll have a word with you later. Right then, okay. So the first point we're going to look at is know God's kindness in our lives. So the, where we start off is sure, knowing God's kindness in our lives. It says this in Titus 3, 4 to 6. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. So we start off with God. Kindness begins with God. Having the right attitude to receive in a great way and to understand what it means to give starts off with by what we have already received and are receiving from God. His love, his mercy, his kindness. So that's the starting ground. And we think of what God has given to us out of love. And this is like a, you know, a necessity for us to understand how we can give out kindness and give out love because it begins with God. So it's not like so much of our own practicality or our own kind of strength and our own kind of effort, but that we stand and sit in a place of grace and forgiveness and love of God. And because of that kindness, we can then copy kind of what God is doing in our lives and we can give out. So we've got an understanding of ourselves. So it's been done for us, God's love, his amazing grace, his rescue and his salvation. Now this takes me back when Sean was sharing that little prophetic word earlier about in that dream when she was nine. When I first became a Christian, I was like 17, and it takes me back. I don't know about you, but I was quite a stubborn teenager. We were guys stubborn, but anyway, I was a stubborn teenager, and I said, there is no God. There's no way there's a, you know, life after death. I, I was completely stubborn. I was right, and Sean used to nickname me Mr. Perfect, but... Like in my own efforts, I said, I've never killed anyone, I've never stolen anything, so I'm fine, so, you know, I've done nothing wrong, so why do I need to be forgiven, etc., etc., etc. But then, it's like, you know, when you stand your ground with something, but then you're proven wrong, and then the grace of God comes in, and I just felt so relieved that in stubbornness and in self-righteousness that God broke through all that mumbo-jumbo nonsense and he, you know, ushered in his love and his grace and his reality in my life and, you know, opened my eyes to actually know you're not perfect and yes, you do make mistakes and yes, you know, all this kind of stuff. So the starting of, of that relationship with God really 
kind of settle the foundation in life that God's love and forgiveness is like the fundamental and foundation um, for my life. So another thing then, so that's like receiving God's kindness and grace. Like over recent months up at the Penland office, from time to time, um, people in the community might be struggling. They'll come and they'll knock the door and, you know, they'll ask for food or drink or something or tea bags and this kind of stuff. And there's one chap who's been coming along the last few months. I haven't seen him for about a month or so. But he's come up. I think he's new to the area. You know, has his struggles and stuff. But like, he was like, coming up, can I borrow some sugar? Or do you have any biscuits? Or can I have some tea bags and this kind of stuff? So over a bit of time, we kind of got some, you know, more conversation and this kind of stuff. But say less, he's come up about half a dozen times, I suppose. But the last two occasions he's come up, he's brought things with him to trade. He didn't want to just take what we were giving him. He wanted to give something back, okay? Now then. The things that he's given us has been interesting, um, to say the least. Right? I've had a, a little Bluetooth speaker with no leads, and I don't know if it works. It's in my drawer for a rainy day. I've had an empty Tupperware box. I have had, what else have I had? I think I've had a pencil. I've had a bulb, an electric bulb. And at first, you know, the cynical side, and I was, it was really bad. I was like, what do I want to do with all this junk? That was my reaction. But then, like, God was doing something. It's like, well, actually, this guy is bringing something of worth to him to trade for something with you. So don't be so ignorant and arrogant, Adam. And that was what I was thinking. So the last time he came up, he brought me a bucket, a galvanized, I like this bucket, a galvanized bucket, okay, really good. But he did say this, it does have a hole in it. (laughs) (laughs) He said, but you could keep stuff like sand or earth or something like that, which you can do in fairness. And I learned the lesson that day. You know, an important lesson. And that is to appreciate what some, someone else is giving us, you know. And from their situation, you know, I thought it was a kind thing to do, okay. So honouring the giver and appreciating the benefit. And this chap, you know, it's just his way. And his way of expressing love and his way of expressing, you know, relationships. So I think if we learn God's kindness and love and, and kind, this kind of stuff, I think it's good for us when we're moving forward, when we come to being kind to others, all right. Now then, there's another little part of the Bible in John 10, 10. And it said this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying love, uh, life. So understanding this truth that Jesus you know, has brought service and kindness and sacrifice for our benefit. And to know that he wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. That is a good Um, kind of truth to know and to have gratitude for that as well so we know about the creation of God that he's you know made a great world for us to live in and us as people you know he's put thought and time and effort into designing us and creating us in a real way and along with all the struggles and the difficulties that life can sometimes bring when we look at the essence of what God has done in our lives he's done good things he's done good things and gives us good things as well when we consider like food and clothing and shelter, you know, we've got the necessities to survive and friendships and relationships and this kind of stuff are, are such blessings and bonuses as well. And also the way God has created our bodies, he's created us in a way that is generous. When we taste food, it tastes good, it's, it's lovely, it's delicious. You look at that chocolate cake, that's nice, isn't it? You know, there's different things that we enjoy in life which we can, you know, really thank God for. He's given us, you know, the the pleasures of, of like, physical experience where we can enjoy um, intimacy and stuff like that, which God has given with God-given boundaries. 
And these are different things that God blesses um, us as people with. So we kind of really, we see that God comes from a kind, giving, you know, um, creative element, and he's made us in his image. So remembering that as well, that God has done amazing things. And then, of course, the kindness of Jesus, which we read about in the Bible. We read about how Jesus touched the untouchable, that, um, of course, the high-profile situation at the moment is the coronavirus, and how, you know, people are being now segregated so that, you know, disease doesn't spread, etc., etc., which is, you know, wise and all that. But we read about Jesus touching the lepers and bringing healing and change into their lives, how Jesus touches the untouchable. And that is an amazing, kind act that Jesus has done, and we, and we read about as well. Now, when I bust my leg a few years ago playing football and in the rehab and all the rest of it and being, like, um, like untouchable on my leg for many, many weeks, it's like the first time I went to physio... And I sat down on this physio bed like that, and the physio guy came in, and he was like, we're going to get you back ship shape now, we're going to get your leg working again. And the first thing he did, he sat on the edge of the bed, and he started smoothing my calf there on the top of my leg. And it was so nice, you know, after having, not having your leg touched, like, for many weeks. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is nice, this is. It was like smoothing my leg, which had been really sore and hurting for ages. And I was like, this physical contact with this physio guy was smoothing my leg. And it was like, it was like you know, meant to be. You know, and it, you know it's nice. <laughs> it's the reality. And it has stuck with me. I've seen him on other occasions when I get my little finger as well. And other things as well. But um, he's a good physio. But that physical touch brought comfort to me. And I appreciated it. And then Jesus, of course, a friend of the rejected. I love the Zacchaeus story of how Jesus gives him unconditional love and acceptance and how Zacchaeus' life has changed completely, radically um, after that and how his whole life turns around. Kindness starts with God. We see it, we hear it, and we know it. So when we come from an angle of how we give out um, kindness as in, in a loving fashion, we know it starts with God. So that is a good thing to remember, and that can really impact us. And we also learn as well to love ourselves in a greater measure and as God intends. So part of that journey is loving us. We've got to love ourselves in our lives. And I remember hearing um, a little study, Winning with People, by John Maxwell. And in part of his start of that teaching, he says, for us to be able to love others relationally, we, it's important to start with learn, learning to love ourselves, you know? Like we respect ourselves and our bodies and, you know, who, what God has done in our lives. So starting and learning to love ourselves is a great way of helping us to learn to love others. So knowing God's kindness in our lives helps us to be kind to others as God intends. Okay, so that's the first bit, knowing God and knowing God's kindness. So the next little bit then is to be is to initiate and be inspired, okay? Initiate kindness and be inspired. So we heard a couple of weeks ago the story of the Good Samaritan, and there's a simple instruction at the end of that parable, and these are a couple of the verses which close, the, close it off. It says this, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man and fell into the hand of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. So Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So that little phrase, go and do likewise, is a great uh, inspirational kind of command or inspirational encouragement for us to go and do. 
to be inspired, to take the initiative is an active way of loving. To go and carry out mercy, to go and carry out kindness is part of the Christian walk. And instead of a focus on what I can get in life, we're challenged and instructed to go and do. So we receive something amazing from God and then we go and do. And that is very important as well. So like the Good Samaritan, we choose to serve another person. And it may come at a cost to us. So maybe like financially or time-wise or convenience-wise to ourselves or culturally. Or, you know, we could be misunderstood or judged. We go and we be kind to other people, which can sometimes be a personal sacrifice to us. So to love by being kind might take a bit of effort. But let's not be concerned or worried about that. Now then, think of your people group, your friendship group, etc., etc. Are you an initiator, naturally? In your family circle, not the biscuits, but a group of friends, who is the initiator in that little group? Who's the one who says, let's go to the cinema, let's organize a party, let's plan a holiday, let's pop in on a friend or a relative, let's go out for food, I've organized a get-together, who's coming? In life, somebody somewhere has to initiate something or we get nowhere, or things get left undone. Now, we may be naturally an initiator, or maybe not. But even so, there are certain things we can develop in our lives to help us go and do. And we can apply this to being kind. Now, Alan Woodward, I thought you went here today, Alan. You weren't sitting behind me. Now, you've gone back a bit there, right? You've done this before. You caught me out. Now, Alan cuts the grass at Penland, right up in our other office there. And he's also a faithful friend to many people. Now, Alan chooses to, to serve and to be kind, okay? And I really appreciate that as a person. I feel loved. And I feel that Alan is very helpful in his service. And it is a way of loving. So I will get a text message very regularly during the summer months when the grass grows. Adam, is it okay to cut the grass today? Alan, yes, of course it is. Because it's really helpful. It's a service that I appreciate and it's very kind. And I know that Alan visits people regularly and has conversations and coffees and drinks and this kind of stuff because he's serving and I know there's many other things he does as well. So big up you, Alan. There's many, many, many people here today who also serve being kind and loving as well. But that is one great example because I get the benefits, Alan. Thank you very much. All right. Now, Matthew, Matthew here. Matthew, you were a professional babysitter at one point. I know you didn't get paid, but um, a professional volunteer babysitter. And then Matthew used to come and babysit our kids when they were small a couple of weeks ago. Um, (laughs) Matthew used to tell chocolate stories, all right? And these chocolate stories were adventures. He'd tell a story, and at the end of the story, it would get really more and more exciting, and it would end up being, there's a tree at the bottom of the garden which grows chocolate. What a, what a great way of doing stories, Matthew. And our kids still remember it. And then, not only that, you would present a chocolate bar to the children, which, of course, you know, is like, you've got someone kind of babysit, telling you great stories, and they give you chocolate, you know. That is amazing. But what I get you, it's like being kind. It's putting some thought into doing something. It's initiating something that is going to benefit others. Shan and I benefit from the opportunity to go out and do something. You know, the children hear something amazing and have this relationship and friendship with Matthew. And these are great things. So we as people, you know, we can, we can do this, can't we? Even if we're not an initiator, we can do these kind of services and acts which, you know, God really loves. 
And um, Jesus, with a Samaritan lady, he went, went out of his way, if you remember the conversation at the well, and he spoke into her life, and he brought great change into her heart, and the whole community got to hear about the wisdom and the goodness of, of Jesus. But again, you know, that was it's as if, you know, God had put thought into that. Jesus had done something which was going to speak into someone's life and went out of his way to do it, and even in a circumstance which would be unusual in the middle of the day, and, you know, the, the whole you know, Jewish, Samaritan, you know, pressure and stress of that neighboring relationship. So doing something special. So like Jesus, how can we be inspired and take the initiative to go and do, to make the difference by displaying kindness towards people? Um, You know, helping people in reality and in physical stuff, in the spiritual and all this kind of thing. We can make this part of our prayer life as well. Not only do we pray for people, but we actually go and do something in the flesh as well. That is also a great way of speaking love into people's lives. And in our conversations, clock what people like. You know, do people like chocolate? Do they have a favorite team? Is it a film they enjoy? Do they like in the cinema? Are they people who like wine? Do they like socks? Do they like music? You know, and then part of our journey then, we can give thought in that, you know, what would they appreciate? And this is just like, it, you know, this kind of stuff, but helping us see other people and appreciate other people's likes and appreciate people as, as who they are in God. And when we take time out to pray and to do something nice for someone, I think that is a good thing. I think that is a good thing to do. Um, so great. So yeah, so that's um, the second point. The third point, which is N, let's be normal and natural. All right? So it's great when we can be ourselves without comparison or pretending, you know, being like another person. We can be ourselves in our kindness. We can develop this way of expressing love daily without fuss. Kindness is like a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we can't really fake kindness, but if we practice it, we'll get better at it, and this type of fruit will grow in our lives. There's some great Proverbs which talks about it. A kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And it is a sin to despise one's neighbor, but blessed is the one who is kind and needy. Wouldn't mind popping that little uh, slide up. Thanks, Simon. So these proverbs, simply put, is this. Have a kind heart. It's an honorable thing to do. Look for opportunities to speak out kindness. Be especially kind to those in need. So just pull in a few proverbs out there and get in the flavor of what that means. Now then, be in the normal kind of person, the normal one. Now, I'm very, I'm biased here, I appreciate it. Now, this here, this t-shirt, represents the manager of Liverpool's football team, Jurgen Klopp, okay? Now, Jurgen Klopp, if you ever, if you put him up on YouTube and listen to some of his interviews and stuff like that, he's a very happy, chirpy kind of guy. He's got respect, not just from his own team, but from, you know, competitors and rivals and this kind of stuff, because he's, he's like... Um, quite a, like a humble kind of guy in who he is. I remember he got interviewed when he first took over the Liverpool job four years ago, and there was this big uproar about Jose Mourinho when he sat for Chelsea, and he was very successful as well. And Jose Mourinho said, I'm the special one. And, you know, that's just his way. But Jurgen Klopp said, I am the normal one, all right? So it's like this humbling kind of background. And um, I think being the normal one, it kind of grabs people's attention because it's like, yeah, that is like good, this humble, it's a nice way of serving, and people respect him for that, so, but what has backed it up, of course, is he's been very successful as a manager, which is, which is great, but when, you know, you're doing something, and you're serving in your job, or in your relationships, and this kind of stuff, and we are humble in who we are, 
that makes a huge difference as well. In Matthew 6, verse 1, it says this in the contemporary English version of the Bible, when you do good deeds, don't try to show off. So that's a nice way of remembering when we're doing good stuff. That it's not like a showing off kind of attitude when we do it. So let's be encouraged to be ourselves and have our own uniqueness when it comes to being kind. And finally then, the last point for this is, is D, and it's the deposit of something of God into people's lives. So deposit something of God into people's lives. It says this in Proverbs 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. That's in the NIV. In the Living Bible, that last little bit is, by watering others, he waters himself. So there's numerous verses and stories and examples in the Bible indicating that as we give out, motivated by love and generosity, we receive something of God, whether it be blessing or reward or honor. Now that is great. So when Paul speaks in Acts 20 verse 35, he says this. He says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said, it is better to give than to receive. Now, what is interesting about that is I didn't know this until I started studying this, that it isn't actually recorded in the Gospels, Jesus saying it is better to give than to receive. It's actually something that Paul knew about and then says it in Acts, and it's an, instant, uh, it's an instance um, where it's something that Jesus has done, and it's like being recorded, and it is amazing. But the Apostle John says at the end of his gospel this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So obviously like, this is like an exaggeration for the sake of making a point, but it means that Jesus did many more things that were written. And if he did many more things, it is reasonable to think that he also said many more things as well. So if you think of the expanse of all the stuff that we know of Jesus, which is written down, his actual life was dedicated to blessing others, to healing the sick, to speaking words of wisdom and all this kind of stuff. But that is like stuff that has been like unseen to us or unheard of. So getting on with things behind the scenes is so important. And of course, it is a deposit of God's love. It is a kingdom of heaven principle. So I don't know if you've heard of this metal called a palladium. Now, I was reading a little article about this, and apparently the price of this stuff is soaring at the moment. It's overtaking gold in its, um, in its worth. It's doubled in value over the last two years, and it's a shiny white uh, metal coming from the same group as platinum, all right? Very interesting so far. It's m- mainly sourced from Russia and South Africa. We love our South Africans and our Russians. Let, let, let them out as well. Stop you by yesterday. But, uh, but what is interesting is most of this stuff is extracted as a byproduct in the mining of platinum and nickel. So palladium is used in the manufacture of catalytic converters, okay? So if you think of the manufacturing industry and in vehicles, in petrol and hybrid vehicles. And what it does, its job is to neutralize the toxic pollutants which are going through the gas chamber there. So carbon monoxide and nitrogen dioxide, it turns it back into less harmful nitrogen, water vapor, and carbon dioxide, okay? Bit of chemistry there for you. So speak to the chemical engineers and the chemists amongst us if you want any more details on that. All right, an interesting point. A Toyota Prius, 
The catalytic converter, for example, in that, has two grams of harvestable palladium inside it, which would roughly be about 350 quid's worth of palladium in the catalytic converters. And because of these facts, the theft of catalytic converters has increased a lot, (laughs) especially in America. Okay? But this important material, highly valuable, which does a great job, it actually started out, it's a byproduct of another process, and it is amazing. And when we liken the fact that when we serve and love through kindness, and we serve others, and we kind of honor God in that, not so much of a byproduct, but in it, we get something amazing of God, honor, love, and blessing. So it's great when we go out and serve and why it's important for that, that we get something from God, which is, you know, it's an eternal blessing, something amazing. There's a blog that I was reading by a psychotherapist, again, it listed in that, um, some research-based reasons as to why to be kinder, right? And I'm closing in this last few little examples here of why it's important to be kind. And these are a few of them that the guy was speaking about. He says, first of all, that kindness is inbuilt. Like young children will even want to try and help when they see a problem. So Michael Marketer does a great sketch about if someone asks us what the time is, and we take great, oh, I have been selected for time. And he talks about that and how we like that when someone asks us for a piece of information, which we can easily, I'm going to watch on, 10 past 12. And when someone asks us what the time is, yeah, I can help with that. I can be kind and help you. What about if someone stops and and asks for directions? Well, if you know your way about, it's good, isn't it? Isn't it rewarding? Say, yeah, you just go down there, and you go there and turn left and go right and straight on, and then you're there in a minute. All right? And we like that. Something inbuilt within us that we like to be able to be kind and helpful. And I hope so, anyway. I think so. All right? But this is what this guy is saying, that out through studies and things, people enjoy to be helpful. That the, another benefit is to ha- it has an, a positive effect on the brain, that it makes us and others feel good. Studies demonstrated that benefits reflected in the neural circuitry of the brain, neural pathways are created and enhances the feelings of well-being. There's a flow of endorphins and mood-elevating neurotransmitters. Bit of science. So they've actually studied what happens in the brain when someone is being helpful and kind, that it brings a reward to our well-being and how we feel as well, okay? So that is good. It helps us live longer. That those who practice kindness studies show that there's longevity benefits, all right? That kindness is contagious, that it appears to be self-replicated. So When we're kind or we see an act of kindness, it inspires others to be kind as well. And these are studies carried out by universities in Cambridge, Plymouth, and California. That by seeing someone else help another person, it produced good feelings in them, which then caused them to do something themselves. Sometimes I see like a feed on social media of somebody doing something kind and everyone loves it and they get in, you know, behind it and all the rest of it. So we we like seeing other people being kind. Kindness makes us happier. Studies by University of Pennsylvania looked at the effects that writing a thank you letter or personally delivering it to someone who hadn't been thanked, that participants who took part in this exhibited a massive increase in happiness scores, 
with benefits lasting for a month afterwards. So being a thankful person, someone writes a thank you card, not only are you being kind to somebody else and they're receiving, you know, a thanks, oh, I'm appreciated, but us, the giver also, gets something from it as well. And uh, that is some interesting byproducts and good things that God does through our kindness. Okay, so with the power of the Holy Spirit and the encouragement from God to love, the studies and research to back it up, it seems clear that doing good to others can also do good for our lives as well. It's a habit that can be developed anytime and anywhere at little or no cost. So making kindness a habit, the happiness that um, kind of is within our lives skyrocket, all right? And, um, of course, being kind to ourselves is the blueprint of God loving us first. So we can be kind to ourselves and be kind no matter what our day is looking like or feeling like, you know, that God is still doing something within our lives. So kind of that's some pointers for us in developing kindness in our lives and in this part of the series. Knowing God's kindness, being initiators, being normal, and depositing of something of God within others' lives and our own lives as well. So why don't I close in praying? Yes, Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, that um, through this verse in Corinthians of understanding what love is, that we can develop this part of our lives as well, that understanding, you know, kindness is something that comes from you and is something that we can develop in our lives as well, that our service can be something that is useful, that brings benefits to others, but also, you know, you love to bless and to encourage as well. So we thank you for those things, Lord. We thank you that, you know, we don't have to earn a qualification in this or, you know, have, um, you know, this kind of looking at other people and pretending to be someone else, but that we can be ourselves, Lord, in, in our acts of kindness and in our acts of love as well. So pray, Lord, that you'd fill our hearts now. We pray that you give us um, your compassionate eyes to, to see into other people's lives and situations that we can be those who bring something of God into our conversation, something of the kingdom of heaven into our experience of life in a real way. Pray you help us now, Lord. Pray that you'd anoint us and Holy Spirit, that you would encourage us and motivate us uh, to speak well, to act well, and to, and to um, be someone who carries the love of Jesus in their lives. We thank you, Lord. Amen.